From the newsroom of Impact Alpha, this is your Impact Briefing for the week of Friday, March 13th, 2020. I'm Brian Walsh. Today, Impact Alpha's Amy Cortez will discuss the story of the week, how the coronavirus pandemic is impacting the transition to a low-carbon economy. Hi, Amy, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Brian. Great to be here. And later, Dennis Price will introduce this week's Agents of Impact. Welcome back, Dennis. Hi, Brian. Good to be back. But first, here's what you need to know from this week in Impact Investing. The coronavirus pandemic has upended virtually everything. In Impact Alpha, we focused on resilience. City and business leaders are being forced to sacrifice economic activity in the national interest. The question now is how will local economies, small business, and workers weather the crisis and stay vigilant in maintaining social distancing even when it's hurting business? On the table, government helped provide interest-free loans, rent forgiveness, and other subsidies. President Trump is talking about payroll taxes and small business loans. Tech giants are providing free video conferencing services, at least for a moment. Alibaba is waiving service fees and rents on warehouse space for small merchants. Impact Alpha highlighted the growing number of community investment funds that bring in local investors to back local entrepreneurs. That kind of local self-reliance and local supply chains is going to be critical in an increasingly localized world. Research has long established a link between the presence of diverse, locally-owned businesses in a community and better health, economic stability, and resilience. The Gates Foundation, Wellcome, and MasterCard launched a $125 million accelerator to speed coronavirus solutions. The COVID-19 Therapeutics Accelerator will work with governments and the private sector to scale up new and repurposed drugs and treatments. As global markets turn towards bear territory, the performance of sustainable public equity funds and ETFs is in the spotlight. A Morningstar analysis has found that sustainable public equity funds have weathered the downturn better than equity funds overall. And believe it or not, there was non-pandemic news. Prudential Financial issued a $500 million green bond, the insurance giant's first. Proceeds will finance renewable energy, green buildings, sustainable management of natural resources, and land use to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and improve resource efficiency. Lastly, in Chicago, a survey turned up three dozen impact investing funds and intermediaries in one of impact investing's most active local ecosystems. Since the 1980s, these funds have made at least $10 billion in impact investments, according to Impact Engine. Among the Windy City's impact investors, Iroquois Valley Farms, True North Venture Partners, and community investors like the Chicago Community Loan Fund. I'm joined now by Amy Cortez to discuss the remarkable shift in world energy markets. Amy, in Impact Alpha this week, you wrote a piece with a provocative question. Is oil's freefall the tipping point in the transition to a low-carbon economy? What are you hearing about why that might be the case? Well, Brian, we've been talking about a transition to a low-carbon economy for a long time now. But the coronavirus sort of came out of nowhere and suddenly sped up that scenario in a way that no one really expected. So suddenly we're talking about social distancing and quarantines and working from home. And that led to a drop in demand for oil and gas. And it's not that we want to promote economic distress as a climate solution by any means, but emissions will fall and fossil fuel use will decline in a way that nobody thought possible even a few weeks ago. So we're all kind of rethinking how we live from flying around to conferences to commuting to work. And some of these behaviors may stick even after the crisis. So I like to think there may be a silver lining to this. 
Now, another factor in the oil markets is the sharp disagreements between major oil producing countries, Russia and Saudi Arabia. How is that impacting the price swings? Yeah, the Saudis and the Russians, um, along with the U.S. Uh, Trump administration, we, we've called them the axis of oil. Uh, but it was not long ago that they were working together to kill off the Paris Climate Agreement at the COP meeting in Madrid last year. Now they're fighting for market share in a shrinking oil market. So it's kind of a last man standing slugfest that has sent oil prices into freefall. Um, the Russians in particular seem keen to kill off U.S. shale production, which has caused the global glut. And these shale producers are particularly vulnerable. Um, the cost to produce a barrel of oil, uh, shale oil in the Permian Basin is $48 um, compared to Saudi Arabia's costs, which are less than $3 a barrel. Uh, and U.S. oil and gas companies are also... Uh, sitting on $86 billion in outstanding debt. So we could very likely see some defaults come out of all of this. So with these possible defaults on the horizon, what are the implications for oil that's still in the ground today? Yes. Uh, one effect um, of this whole situation is that the notion of stranded assets, which grew up in the context of climate action, um, has now manifested in the context of oil drilling that's just plain uneconomic in the current market. So accounting rules dictate that we'll see lots of write-downs of proven reserves by oil companies. So again, this is something we've talked about that has come to pass, although for quite different reasons. So what does this all mean for investments in renewables and the long-term transition to a low-carbon economy? Well, to be sure, um, the low oil and gas prices do make the comparison with renewables tougher. So you may see countries such as China and India um, tempted to capitalize on low oil prices and perhaps even cut back on some of their renewable initiatives. Um, likewise, EV adoption could slow. Um, solar looks less uh, cost attractive. But at the same time, it also makes investing in oil pretty unattractive. So if you're an institutional investor and you started curbing your carbon intensive assets in recent years, or you've even divested from fossil fuels, as many have, you're looking pretty smart right now. So even if the oil price rebounds, why would you get back in? The oil and gas sector has been the worst performer in the market over the past decade. And going forward, there's only more uncertainty. So from a climate perspective, the low oil prices offer a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it means that potential for more stranded assets and more oil staying in the ground. On the other hand, it might make renewable energy sources more expensive relative to oil. Exactly. So it may be a little tug of war between those competing uh, forces um, in the short term. But one thing is clear, and that's the long-term trend. Uh, we are moving to a low-carbon economy, and oil is in structural decline. All right. Thank you so much, Amy, for your insights. You are very welcome. Now it's time for this week's Agent of Impact, profiled today by Dennis Price. Dennis, who's making an impact this week? This week, we're highlighting frontline healthcare workers. From Wuhan to Lombardy to Seattle and New York, they are risking their lives to mitigate the coronavirus outbreak. I'm biased. I come from a family of doctors and nurses who are in hospitals right now, figuring out how to deal with this. 
We're seeing more and more patients with coronavirus-like symptoms, rationing supplies, risking exposure. They're dealing with the systemic failures of the healthcare system and what's clearly been an inadequate response from the federal government. These frontline healthcare workers don't have a luxury of waiting for political leadership or even increased supplies like masks and tests. Sports leagues can suspend seasons, tech workers can go remote, schools can shutter classrooms, but scientists and doctors and nurses and medical staff are gearing up and going to work. Such heroism has consequences. The virus has claimed Li Van Yang, the Wuhan doctor who first warned of the outbreak. Thousands of others in China have been infected. Italian medical chief Roberto Stella died days after testing positive. In Seattle, three staff members of the nursing home at the epicenter of the U.S. outbreak have been hospitalized. More than 20 healthcare workers in Washington state are under supervision. So as the coronavirus seems to have stopped the world, our agents of impact and perhaps the season are the healthcare workers who are keeping going on the front lines of the pandemic. Thank you so much, Dennis. You can see these and all of our agents of impact on Instagram at Impact Alpha. That's it for your impact briefing this week. You can read more about all of these stories at impactalpha.com. Subscribers receive full access to Impact Alpha content, including deal flow, job postings, and a Slack channel. For our podcast listeners, we're offering your first year half off. Use code BRIEFING50 at checkout to become a subscriber today. For our podcast listeners, we're offering your first year half off. Use code BRIEFING50 at checkout to become a subscriber today. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Amy Cortez, Dennis Price, and our producer Isaac Silk, who also edited this episode and wrote the theme song. I'm Brian Walsh, head of impact at the fintech company Liquidnet. Make sure you wash your hands and check back next week for the latest impact investing news.